You're not able to penetrate life. You're not able to penetrate your challenges and hard things. Anytime something hard comes up, it's just a like easy, quick release. And then it allows men to just not do that hard thing and to step into their full potential. So you're missing out on becoming the best version of yourself by giving in to really any addiction. And anywhere our greatness is going to be called of us, it's going to be challenging. The first step to any change is awareness. This show is to help you bring more conscious awareness into your life so that you can get out of your own way and living a more intentional, purpose-driven life. My name is Aaron Lenahan. Welcome to the Conscious Man Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Conscious Man Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest for you. Thomas Scott is an executive men's coach working with successful men to find fulfillment in their business and in the bedroom. This is part one of two of our conversation where we dive deep into different forms of addiction, porn, and the blessings that come along with hitting rock bottom. This episode is super juicy, where we both share some super vulnerable stories that neither of us have ever shared on social media before. And because of that, I want to acknowledge and appreciate Thomas for coming on and just being so real and willing to share some of his deepest, darkest stories for us to hear and learn from. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Thomas Scott. All right, Scott, how you doing, man? I'm doing amazing. Very excited, very grateful to be here. This is my first podcast since I have started my men's work journey. So I haven't been public about it yet, and I'm very excited to be on this podcast. So thank you for inviting me. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm honored to have you on. Um, Maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe about your journey into men's coaching and what you're doing there. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's see, where do I want to start with my story? Well, to start, I am an executive men's coach. I coach really high level, high performing men who have hit a degree of what we'll call worldly success. They've made a lot of money or they've accomplished something big and they still feel unfulfilled. They still feel like they haven't done all that they can do with their lives or men who have done that level of success but feel burned out and want to keep going, know they can contribute more, but they also feel scared to keep pushing themselves. And it's been to the detriment of their families or to the detriment of their health or various things like that. So I work with those types of men. We do lots of really, really amazing, deep work. We connect really radically to past traumas, to our emotions, to our purpose, to fulfillment. So that's what I do now. That's what I gain a lot of fulfillment from. And holding that type of space is a very sacred and uh, vulnerable experience for both of us, myself and the, and the client. And that all came from me on this journey of men's work. So I started back Oh man, this might be stretchy for me. So I've been wanting to share this. This is like a story that's needed to be told and I haven't done it yet. So this would be the first podcast I ever do that on. And I'm really scared to do that. So let me feel in if I'm meant to on this podcast or not. Hold on. Give me one moment. 
All right. I'm going to go for it. So the start of my men's work journey actually goes all the way back to college. And right before my 21st birthday, I got a DUI, which was a really big deal for me. And at the time, I had no idea how I was going to pay it. And I also was really scared about my parents finding out and all these kinds of things. And I had been male modeling. And during that time of modeling, I would get hit up by people all the time to do porn. It was like a regular thing that people would ask me to do. And I, because of this DUI, said yes and went for it. And that decision, when I was around 19 or 20 years old, has affected my life for a very, very long time in a really, really interesting and amazing way. And it used to be one of my biggest curses, and now it's one of my biggest growth opportunities, or has been one of the biggest opportunities for growth. And through that experience, I was, I lost my jobs. I've, I've had it used and weaponized against me many times, but it also helped me, man, do I even want to share this one? I'm feeling <laughs> so much like I haven't crafted this. This is off the cuff and I feel really shy and, and a little shame for that. But there's a level of like, do I just dive right in with this or do I come into that one a little later and i'm still feeling like yeah i mean i i say dive right in i think dive right in. anyone right. anyone listening is going to get that level of vulnerability they're going to really appreciate yeah. that so yeah i mean okay. i appreciate it like i'm i think you're doing great cool i'm yeah. gonna keep going keep trudging yeah. forward so yeah so i i had that experience and it was really a challenging one it affected my life at a very young age in a very strong way Particularly, I was um, really shamed for it. And I know later on we're going to talk about addiction here on this podcast. And shame, I imagine, is a huge driver of addiction. So right on, early off, as I'm, I'm trying to get my footing in the world, I did this thing that was highly shameful to me. And I didn't think anybody was going to find out when I did it. That's a critical part of this deal. And they did. Everybody found out. It was like one day I was walking down my college campus and like all of the people knew who I was, like every single person. This was supposed to be like, I didn't know anything about what I was doing. And I ended up doing porn for a really well-known site. And it became like a really... uh well-known thing on my campus. Everybody found out. And I was fired from my jobs. I was uh, kicked out. of Well, I wasn't kicked out of my fraternity, but the fraternity shamed the hell out of me for this. And it was a really like challenging experience. And one that led to, I think, the start of a lot of addictions in my life. And I went on to graduate from college and got a job, but I, I kind of just didn't feel like I had the uh, what would I call it? I had been knocked off my path. I didn't have the like clarity of where I wanted to go. And because of that, I started just kind of flailing around with dumb stuff. And I ended up actually transmuting a lot of that particular experience by doing what I thought was really cool at the time, which was I joined a band I started doing a lot of drugs. I was living the rock and roll lifestyle, traveling, touring, sleeping with a bunch of women. And I thought that was like what was cool. 
I thought that was like going to give me a lot of fulfillment and happiness. And in reality, it was very empty and unfulfilling. And at one point I had hit a complete rock bottom with that, where I just didn't want to keep going anymore. And, uh, thankfully that rock bottom was, was a, let me see. Wasn't expecting to share this vulnerably and openly. Uh, right <laughs> Man, off the it's gate. awesome. Yeah. I re- yeah, I really respect it. I really appreciate it. So it's apparently what's meant to come through. So I'm just going to trust it and roll. So yeah, I hit this rock bottom and um, didn't know where to go with it. And I, uh, man, am I going to share this? I'll share this. So I, I hit rock bottom and that rock bottom entailed a uh, attempted suicide. And I was in my early 20s at the time, which I imagine, you know, you're you're in your early 20s and mm-hmm. a lot of your followers. And it's one that I I, uh, I hope I'm not triggering anybody by speaking about it. And at the same time, there it, it gave me such a beautiful lesson. And that lesson was like, I really did want to be here, but I didn't know what the fuck to do with my life. And it gave me a like pass it gave me a um permission slip to do whatever the fuck i wanted actually because it was like well if i'm willing to go out then i'm why what why not try for something bigger than what i've already gone for in life i've already done the rock and roll and the sex and drugs and it it was unfulfilling it didn't didn't fill me up so what's the thing I've been holding back from? And that actually kicked off my entrepreneurial journey. So like these two defining things like led me down the path of shame and into addiction. And then like I hit a rock bottom with it. And from that rock bottom, I found that there was nothing holding me back. There were no chains. There was like, fuck it. Why not just go all the way? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, serendipitously ended up in running a tech company of all things. It, it became a, like nothing was holding me back. So I just started going, going, going. And that resulted in me building something really freaking cool. And that cool thing was this company that it grew to be the largest event staffing app in the world that I had built. And it's called pop bookings. It's, it's still around, but I'm not with it anymore. And, uh, that experience was like a 10 year long experience. It, it ended up being like, because I had no chains, I just went for it all the way. No one told me I couldn't build a tech company, even though I had no tech experience. No one told me that I couldn't raise capital or investment and all these kinds of things. Like there was nothing holding me back anymore. So there was a lot of beauty in that experience. And Uh, interestingly enough, halfway through building this tech company, which I consider extremely successful, that company, I'm no longer with it, but we had, I had many, many employees. We were doing millions in transactional revenue through the platform and it was wildly successful right up until COVID stopped the events industry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but during that time, interestingly enough, the porn thing came back to haunt me multiple times. There's a, uh, instances of people finding out about it and then using it to try to hurt me or to try to damage my reputation. And what's really beautiful about that experience is that 
it didn't, it like didn't stop me at all. Like all of this stuff, these shameful things that we do to sabotage ourselves ultimately can't hold us back if we choose to take another step forward. If we just choose to like keep going, it's going to ultimately build into something that's growth. And all of that stuff, all of that package, shame, trauma, all of those kinds of things led to a lot of suffering. Even though I'm building this tech company and doing these things, I thought if I reach the success in the tech company, then I'll hit it. Then I'll be there. Then I'll get it. And in 2020, COVID happened, as you know, and they stopped events entirely. Like the events industry just was completely shut off. And so I went from having in one week, 16,000 active events on my stack, on my platform to zero. And that was a big eye-opening journey. And we ended up having to basically put the company on life support because there were no events happening. And that's where our money came from. And that doing that was another blessing in my life because it allowed me to take some time off. And during that time off, I started doing traveling and uh really ultimately men's work is how this like that experience wound up so during that hiatus i ended up doing plant medicine experience as well as going to tulum and experiencing men's work really really profoundly and potently and in that men's work it opened up and showed me how much one the shame I had just been hiding it, holding it back, like thinking it was under the rug and no one was seeing it and that it wasn't affecting me. And in reality, it was affecting so many of my decisions and holding me back in so many ways, as well as the ability to connect to something bigger than myself, the ability to like find a deeper purpose, a deeper connection to God, a deeper connection to prayer, a deeper connection to other men. That I had been, because of this experience with porn, holding all of these walls up and not letting men get close to me because uh, I was scared because I imagined they'd judge me or I imagined that they would shame me for that experience because I had had that in the past. And when I found these men's communities that really opened up to me, I, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And every man needs to experience this at a deep level. And you know, one of those men's communities is where you and I got connected. And I think that brings us up to the present, at least to some degree, where, uh, you know, we're, we're in a men's group right now and able to share these things and, and be supported in these traumas, in these, in these past woundings that we've gone through and to be seen by other men to be like, oh, wow, it's okay. Like what you've experienced is okay. And, and you're still worthy. You're still enough. You're still able to be a participating member of, of society. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, totally. There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot going on. That's <laughs> a lot to unpack. <laughs> I feel a little shy. I shared a lot. I shared yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's no. my first time doing that publicly on a, on a podcast. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I really appreciate like the vulnerability and just the level of like, how deep you've gone with me. So yeah. I really appreciate that. And I think the listeners really appreciate that as well. And yeah, for the men's group, like I am so thankful to be a part of that mm. and it has helped me so much in my own life 
even I think a big part of it is like I will come into this group and I'm dealing with some things and sometimes like in my mind I'm thinking like oh no one else is dealing with this it's just like my my problem my problem and I look up to all of you guys in the group like I'm I'd say probably by, by far the youngest guy in the group and I look up to all of you guys like you're you know more successful than me like financially like you've seen you know so to me it's like oh I don't want to come into this group with like these issues that I have it's like oh like they're dealing with big business stuff and whatever like they don't want to hear this crap Mm. which is actually crazy how this whole addiction thing or this idea for wanting to talk about addiction actually came yeah was it was like three or four weeks ago it was before you were in the group and I showed up to the call and Jake always asks, like, what's true for you? Like, what's coming up? And going into the call, like, I I was like, I know I need to talk about it. I felt like I needed to talk about it. But then I'm like, you know, do these guys really want to hear about this, like, 23-year-old with his addiction to nicotine? Mm-hmm. Like, probably not. But uh, I came in the call. The other guys were all just, like, so vulnerable, sharing, like, so deeply that it came around to me, like my turn to share. And I'm just like, okay, why not? Like, why not share? So I opened up, I told him just like the whole truth. And to my surprise, every guy in the call related to it. (laughs) Jake, Jake is like, who can relate to that? And like, raise your hand. If you can relate every single person raised their hand and the rest of the call, like the next hour and a bit, was all just guys going in a circle sharing about their own addiction. And what I really realized is that addiction isn't just, you know, nicotine or alcohol or drugs. There's like, I think everyone is addicted to something, whether it can, it can be you're addicted to the way that you look. You can be addicted to going to the gym. You can be, I mean, I'm addicted to my phone. Like I, I know it, but I also, I'm not like, I was never really aware of it. All of these other little subtle things that I'm addicted to. So yeah, just being a part of this group has really opened my eyes. And then it's crazy. So we, we talked about this, then I, I left that call. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to make a podcast on addiction. Like I had all these notes, all these notes to talk about and so the other day I just made a podcast on addiction and sure enough, right after we had a call in the group and you were in the group and then Jake's like, yeah. oh, you should really talk to Scott. Like you guys would probably click. And then sure <laughs> enough, like we're, we're kind of experiencing the same, the same thing. We want to talk about the same thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Addiction is, uh, it's such an interesting thing because I wouldn't consider myself an addiction expert or specialist. I just have lived with addiction for most of my life. And it really, as you said, it's a myriad of things. It's really anything that we use, I imagine, to distract from stuff that we aren't wanting to feel or haven't been seen or validated in or or we're hiding from in some Mm -hmm. areas. There's, There's more to it than that, but that is where we look at something like video game addiction or something like even porn addiction or 
phone, cell phone addiction. I've suffered from that myself where it's like, I, if I stop working on something and I know I've got like a 15 minute window to do like before my next thing I need to work on immediately. It's just like, how can I tune out on the phone instead of spending that 15 minutes feeling whatever's present for me? Because Mm -hmm. oftentimes those feelings are very tightly like packed. There's a pressure cooker there that we don't want to open it up because it might open up too much. Too much might come out or we might feel too much or, or we don't know. It's just scary. You know, sometimes as men, I imagine feeling our feelings. We're not taught how to do that. We're not uh, trained on that. It's, it's often taught as bad. And so we stuff all that stuff down and addiction in a lot of ways. What I've been learning through my own addictions is that it's a survival mechanism to help soothe. It's like self-soothing, you know, in all of the areas that we're, we're not feeling seen or met, or there's something that we're scared to process, especially on our own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing that, that Jake said was, he said that all addictions are an attempt to resolve some sort of pain. Yeah. It's like, wow. Yeah. I resonate with that really strongly. Yeah. And I think a lot, like you said, for men, it's almost frowned upon for men to share, you know, be vulnerable, tell, like admit that they're struggling. And yeah, I think there's a big thing with men with like unmet needs of like, needing love, like needing acceptance, Mm -hmm. needing a sense of purpose and belonging. And without those things, the the present moment is just too real. Mm -hmm. It's just too like unbearable. So then that's when they will find all of these vices, porn, drugs, shopping, gambling, any of the stuff, smoking to try and like distract themselves from the present moment, from just feeling what comes up. For sure. Yeah. It takes courage to feel that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it, does. it takes courage because it's the things that we haven't looked at. And when we look at them, oftentimes we see something that we don't want to see. Mm-hmm. And in seeing it, you can't really hide it. Once you've seen it, you can try, but it's more of a, like something needs to be done. Something needs to, an aspect of ourselves needs to die. A commitment needs to be made. You know, oftentimes we can also see the areas that we're affecting other people and that's painful to see because, you know, it's like, oh man, I'm already in pain. And then I can see that this is affecting someone else, whether it's affecting my relationship or I don't have children, but if there's children involved or, or friends, you know, friendships and in seeing that it's even more painful because it's like, oh man, it's hurting them too. And then it's even more pain. And it's like, oh, just don't look, I don't want to look at any of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, another thing, I'm just going to keep reciting stuff that Jake yeah. said because he's helped me so much. But he says to take like the personal doership out of it. Yeah. And for the reason of like kind of what we said is like we don't learn how to deal with these emotions. We don't yeah. learn how to deal with stress as a young age. We don't know how to deal with shame or these things. So then we resort to an addiction and then we resort to the addiction, but then we shame ourselves for doing yeah for the addiction so then it's like this perpetual loop this like slippery slope that you just keep falling down and you keep beating yourself up even more the more that you fall 
And then you just, you're kind of in like a, in a trap and it's like, well, how do you get out? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he said, taking the personal doership out of the equation, giving yourself some sort of grace for realizing that that addiction at one point in one way or another, it served you, Mm -hmm. right? Like it was there to help you just maybe distract or mute yeah. the emotion that you're feeling but like at the moment that's what you needed but it's just you know at what point did we just keep kicking the can further down the road and it just become a habit and then it's and then we're stuck with with this addiction that it's like Absolutely. well how how do i go without it now yeah it becomes an identity it becomes a part of you mm-hmm. or a part of ourselves you know mm-hmm. yeah so things like I know you've shared a lot about like addiction with, with porn for say, mm-hmm. what could be like a big issue with a porn addiction? It's a good question. Aside, There's a lot of issues. Yeah. Aside um, from just like the, aside from just like the escaping reality yeah. part of it. Yeah. Well there, I imagine there's a plenty of material out there that, guys talk about even terry cruz talks about porn addiction at this point and like the negative effects on things like relationships and stuff like that what i imagine is a deeper thing with with porn addiction in particular that most guys might not realize is what you're missing out on by going that route so we'll start with the basics most people understand that, well, I, I don't know about most people, but the the kind of like ground level of porn addiction is it, it affects your ability to connect with other people. You know, there was an interesting experiment we did with some of the men's work where they had nine guys stand across from nine women who did not know them at all. They didn't, they'd never met. And they, we asked the m- women to... Uh, look at the man across from them and, and identify if he watches porn or not. And the women got it right across the board, which was really, really interesting. And that kind of shows like most people don't realize how they like the subtle things, like guys don't see the subtle things that they're doing that they don't think anybody else sees, but it's coming off from that type of energy. There's almost like a, um, there, there's a lot we could go into with that. I don't know if I want to peel that whole thing apart, but mm-hmm. from that standpoint, there's a lack of intimacy and vulnerability that, that I imagine forms, like, especially in relationships, because when stress comes up, I know that with the men I work with, when they have stress and they come into a relationship, the, if the relationship adds to the stress because they don't have strong coping mechanisms they don't have um ways to offload that stress they don't have healthy nervous system regulation then that stress gets funneled into the relationship and causes more stress in the relationship and then there's no pressure valve and so something like porn can be a way for men to release that stress porn video games is another one that's a really common one Um, and weed is another one that I've heard a number of men go to in order to just like 
try to eject out of that stress. Without those healthy coping mechanisms, they distance themselves from their partner in relationship mm-hmm. because they just, it's a, it's a hiding. It's a like, instead of working with the stress and moving through it and coming up with healthy ways of relating in the relationship, it's just an eject out. It's like an easy offload of the stress that, that you don't have to address what's happening at a deeper level. And so what, why that's a, a challenge is that it's actually a loss. It's a loss of intimacy. It's a loss of being seen at a deeper level. It's a loss of being able to relate to another human being at a level of true love, at a level of not being abandoned, at a level of going through a hard thing and making it through the other side and making the relationship way better instead of just, you see so many marriages and people who are in relationships that they just become complacent. And so that's how it affects, that's one way of many that it affects within a relationship, but also within, uh, just if you're a single guy, especially a young single guy, those types of activities take a lot of energy away. So like when you are, we'll, we'll speak to porn in particular. If you are getting off regularly through a porn addiction, that's a lot of energy that your body is expending in that orgasm that I don't know about you, but any times that I've ever done that, I've immediately just, it's kind of like a, like you just want to like take a nap or go to sleep or just sit down and like not do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of vital life force energy that you could be putting towards your goals, your dreams, your purpose, towards an activity, towards bettering yourself, towards all these things. And even guys like uh, Nikola Tesla, even Elon Musk, I believe, but uh, Muhammad Ali, lots of like really dope dudes have talked about how semen retention and not getting off is a supercharged battery. Like it's a critical piece of their success. So one of the other fundamentals of like something like porn addiction is it, you're just constantly dumping all of your energy and you're not as potent. You're not able to penetrate life. You're not able to penetrate your challenges and hard things. Anytime something hard comes up, it's just a like easy, quick release. And then it allows men to just not do that hard thing and to step into their full potential. So you're missing out on becoming the best version of yourself by giving into really any addiction, because if we're, we're ejecting out, we're not holding the tension within ourselves on challenging things. Mm-hmm. And anywhere our greatness is going to be called of us, it's going to be challenging. Totally. Yeah, for me, I mean, if I'm just being like completely, totally honest and vulnerable too, um, I used to have like a bad porn addiction. Mm-hmm. I have, I've broken it, but I still certainly get urges to go and watch it more. But for me, one of two things kind of comes to mind. The first is that of like having that energy or like that tension. Yeah. And not knowing what to do with it. So then it's like, okay, yep. let's just go get rid of it. Yeah. And that would just be one way where it's just, it's just like a distraction from what I'm feeling, not having a healthy way to cope with how I'm feeling. So just like, yeah. okay, let's just abandon this. Let's get rid of it, get it out of me and go on with my day. But yeah. it's like, it, yeah, it would feel good in the moment, but it really didn't do anything for me. It just suppressed what I was feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's very empty calories. It's like, you know, it's it's like drinking a beer instead of eating healthy food, you know? Mm-hmm. 
it might sound great in the moment. It's cheap and quick, but it doesn't actually fill you up or fulfill you. Yeah, totally. And the next thing, I guess, which is like the super vulnerable part is that it just like desensitized me from actual intimate relationships where like I've had times where I would be sleeping with a woman and I literally couldn't get an erection. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have to like close my eyes and imagine my favorite porn video. And it's, you know, it's like as a man, it's one of like the most demoralizing feelings, at least for myself. Mm. And I would feel so bad for the woman because I'm thinking that like in their mind, they're probably thinking that like, I don't think they're attractive. Yeah. But that's not it at all. It's not the case. It's just that I've had such this like euphoric fantasy created mm-hmm. in my mind about how it should be. And yeah, it's just not being able to connect with people on that level. For sure. Whereas when yeah. I've now, since I have like dropped that, I, I don't let myself watch it anymore. It's that's yeah. completely gone away. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank God. So yeah. It's amazing how much confidence comes back when you stop watching porn. You know, for myself, I, I want to acknowledge that share. That was really vulnerable. And I, I'm really like, that's really beautiful. And, and you're not alone in that. I experienced that too when I had an addiction. And um, I wasn't able to look men particularly in the eyes when I was like in the throes of that addiction. And it's something I've actually heard uh, some of my clients share too. So when I have clients, well, that's one of the first things we work on. We kick that. And one of, one of my clients very recently, he's like, it's so weird. He, he He's like, I, I am able to like, my confidence is at way higher than it's ever been. He's like, I'm looking people in the eyes again. I'm like shaking hands and, you know, things that, that you wouldn't even notice are happening until you cut it out and then you can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel, I, God, I don't know that we need to unpack this, but I feel fucking terrified for all of the younger generations because it's happening younger and younger and younger now. So like, 12 year olds and 14 year olds are getting hooked on porn at such young ages and there's just not much to be done about it. And even at a societal level, things like OnlyFans, I saw recently that OnlyFans was on New York Fashion Week as a top designer brand and Fansly is a big promoter of boxing. I I saw Fansly was the number one sponsor for, uh, the Jake Paul fight I watched recently. And that was like, and it's like fansly models. And it, even on the ad, it was like, you can see these two models pictures by following these links here. Like it literally the two women holding up the scorecards. It was like, you can go see them naked by, uh, clicking these links. And that to me is a pretty insidious time that we're living in right now for men, because this is just hitting them in a lot of different angles, like, like kind of everywhere. And there's this level of like women's empowerment, which I'm down for, but I don't know that (sighs) this is going to be a very, (sighs) should I go here with this? We'll go here. We'll see what happens. (laughs) And if you don't want to, don't want it, you can cut it. Um, you know, Women know to a degree the effect they have on men. 
Yes, men need to control themselves. And that's part of this. Like, men, we got to fucking control ourselves. And at the same time, women are fucking amazing. And they're amazing to look at. And they're beautiful and they're gorgeous and it feels great. And to say a woman through her empowerment doesn't know what she's doing and it doesn't know that it's affecting men on some level, I would call bullshit. I would call bullshit. And at the same time, that that's it's a societal problem. It's not just men need to stop. Like, if men stopped looking at porn, well, then they wouldn't. We wouldn't have a market for it. And at the same time, if women stopped creating it, there'd be less to look at. And there's this level of like, it's becoming normalized in a way, I imagine. That's what I'm, why I was sharing with the, like the fansly and the OnlyFans thing is like, that's pretty normalized to have OnlyFans as a New York Fashion Week designer. That's weird. Like that's, that's pretty normalized to me. And so it's in some ways giving permission for it, which I don't think we should make porn illegal or ban it or anything like that, but I think there needs to be way more education about what is actually happening so people can make conscious choices. And at a particular level, kids are getting hooked so early. Like that's what happened to me. I was 14 when I saw it the first time and it just like, I didn't know what it was at all. Like I had no clue (laughs) and it just felt good. I'm like, this is cool. I like this. And it's a drug, you know, it hits you in the dopamine receptors in the same way as anything else. And I've even heard that certain porn addictions are so strong that the withdrawals from them can mimic alcohol withdrawals and things like that. I believe it. Wow. I noticed you're smiling. I, I'm <laughs> curious what's coming up for you. <laughs> well, you said you, you found it as early as 14. I'd like to share. <laughs> I haven't shared this online before, but I stumbled across porn when I think I was, I don't even know if I was in school yet or I was like five or six years old and I was on the computer and I was literally typing in some very bad things at such an early age and watching this stuff. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. And I remember my parents having to sit me down because they found like the search history and my dad's like, you're going to have the FBI at our door. (laughs) Like you can't be looking this stuff up. You should not be watching this stuff as at an early age. So and this was like, you know, this was like the old square big computers. Like I, you know, back when the internet was still, you know, 2005, 2006 ish, but now it's like all these kids have smartphones in their hands and it's just right there. Like uh-huh. it's so hard to block that stuff from them. And like just a curious kid, of course they're going to go look it up for sure. Yeah, it's natural. It's 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 not a bad thing. This is what we were talking about at the beginning here with what Jake has shared with us and and stuff I've done on my own is looking at how like the urge to look at porn is not a bad thing. It is not a shameful thing. It's not shameful to be attracted to naked humans on either side. It's not shameful to feel good sexually by seeing someone naked. It's not shameful to like sex is such a potent, beautiful, foundational level, like biological level urge. You know, it's it's something that that every species on the planet it needs to do in order to propagate itself. So like we add this layer of shame that I imagine is some remnant stuff from religious upbringing and, and world history and all that kind of stuff of like people experiencing sexual energy is shameful. You add that on top of something like porn and it exacerbates the 
the problem as opposed to helping people heal it. And so I'm, I'm putting this out as like, there's nothing shameful about it. It's not, shame doesn't help. It doesn't serve. And oftentimes shame is what leads us to addictions in the first place. Mm-hmm. Or at least like f- further perpetuates it and just makes it like the, that like hamster wheel of like, you just can't get out. Yeah. What kind of benefits do you think people do get from things like porn addictions or just addiction in general? It's a great question. Well, there always are benefits to things like this, you know, like let's, let's speak of an easy one. I, I, we can shift from porn to video games. I imagine that'll be a little triggering to some people listening, but video game addiction is another one that I struggled with for a long time. I quit cold Turkey, uh, in 2020 after I did a medicine journey and that medicine journey showed me a lot of things and particularly the video games. I was like, Oh my God, never again. Like I have not picked up a video game since. And, uh, with video games, there's like a connection, a community, a camaraderie online, but it's very similar to porn in that it's, it's empty calories. It's like, it's not real connection. Yes. You're, you're chatting with your boys on the, on call of duty and you guys are, you get on at the same time of night and you're shooting the shit on the game, but there's no real world connection. There's no getting out and, and into nature and, and struggling together. There's no talking about the really hard things that you're going through in your life. There's no stress management or mitigation, but there is some benefit. Like the benefit is you do have some level of friendship, even if it's not a deep intimate friendship, it is, there's some level of camaraderie. There's some level of sexual, uh, fulfillment within porn, you know, and that's not a bad thing. Like it's really not, it's your sexual energy is your creative energy. It's your creator energy. We, we create, we can create a whole life with that energy. So of course it is responsible for so much more of the creation in life. And it leads to, um, a lot of enjoyment in life. Like sex is really enjoyable. It's really, really, it's fucking amazing. And so when someone looks at porn and they feel good from that, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. The challenge with it is what, at what cost and are there healthier ways that are able to fulfill those needs? And are there ways, those healthier ways are oftentimes a little more challenging but that challenge is also what makes them more valuable. You know, is your, is the guy that you're playing call of duty with going to take a bullet for you? You know, is the, uh, sexual fulfillment from porn going to actually satisfy you at a deeply intimate level where you like seen, you feel seen, felt and, and loved on every level. Like do you experience love back from porn? Probably not. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a deeper level of fulfillment that comes from interacting with a human being on a sexual level and feeling that deep love reciprocated back to you instead of just being a one-way, empty, off-into-space thing. And so it's not that it's a bad thing in terms of like what 
anybody who is struggling with these addictions is experiencing with it. That's not bad. And nothing's bad about addiction. It's not bad. It's that if you want to live a fulfilled life, oftentimes those addictions are the easy, quick fix to the things that are holding you back from living that fulfilled, authentic life. Yeah. You said on your Instagram that it is possible to manage stress in a healthy way that leaves plenty of room for work, family, friends, and hobbies. Mm. You just need to know the tools on how to do it. So are you able to share with us some of these tools and how somebody could start implementing these today to manage stress? Yeah. So it's a, a holistic challenge. So if we're talking about stress, managing stress, as well as being able to live a really full life where, where you're meeting your own needs, you're meeting your family's needs, all those kinds of things. Uh, there's areas of life to address from diet. Like the obvious ones are diet and breath, semen retention, which we've been talking about a lot. Um, and at the core of it though, is learning to regulate your nervous system in a healthy way. So a quote that I heard recently that I really resonate with is that the person with the strongest regulated nervous system is the one who's leading the room. Like whoever's who's, who's ever's grounded in their nervous system at the strongest, they're, they're the leader. They're the person that everyone's looking to, to be like, I need support or I need help. And so when we are overworked, overstressed, overwhelmed, our nervous system is like not regulated. It's not grounded. And so there's some very basic, easy ways to, ne- to regulate your nervous system. I can give you two right now that are like super easy that I actually got from, from Carrie, uh, Jake's partner, who these are physical somatic ones. So it's very simple. But if you are feeling super overwhelmed in your nervous system you can stop these cyclical thoughts by literally just putting your hand here and your hand back here and leaning back and letting yourself i'm gonna keep talking in the mic here but when you lean back you just breathe and let yourself relax it mimics it's supposed to somatically mimic your parents holding your head as a baby so when you're you know you can like lean into it and then this stops those cyclical thoughts and when you do it you feel yourself grounding down in your body. So as you're holding this, you're going to feel down deeper, deeper, deeper and breathe deeper into your body. So that's a very simple, like physical one that you can do it. The second one is actually to take the top of your tongue and push it to the roof of your mouth and hold it there and breathe. And that actually mimics the, uh, sensation of being full as a baby when we're breastfeeding so i guess as babies get full they push the top of the they push the nipple to the top of their mouth to like signify they're done or full at least that's what i heard and either way it works really really well it's one that you can do all the time by just pressing consciously pressing the your tongue to the roof of your mouth if you're feeling stressed but at a deeper level those are just like some really quick short circuits, they're not going to fix the problem for you. They're not going to regulate your nervous system all the way. There's a level of, of work that needs to be done. So if you're a man and your nervous system is dysregulated, you got to start 
doing practices every day. It's discipline. It's like things like cold plunges, things like going running, things like exercise, things like meditation, things like grounding on the earth, which we all hear about all the time, but it's consistently doing them very, very in a very disciplined way that allows you to show up with a bit less stress. And instead of going to the video games, instead of going to the porn, instead of going to the nicotine or anything else, doing a, a regulation practice like meditation, if meditation is too much, go do something physical. Like go lift some weights or go for a run. And or if you really want to short circuit it, I don't know if you've done cold plunging before, but holy shit, that will like that short circuits it so fast. Mm -hmm. and it also forces you into your body forces you to breathe forces you to regulate and that regulation is very very supportive but those are some basic ones uh, others are like going to men's groups because in a men's group that's where you get to bring all of your your shit so if you bring that stress if you bring those negative emotions to your partner they've got to hold it and if you're a man like the two of us and we our, our partner wants to, I, I'll speak for myself. I want to be in the masculine in my relationship. So that means I want my partner to be in her feminine for the most part. If I come to her with all my stress, all of my emotions, all this stuff, well, then she has to flip into her masculine to hold space for that. And then she's not in her feminine. And that's not, there's no polarity there. It kills polarity and it actually creates more tension. So when we bring this stuff to our boys, we're not trying to create polarity with the guys in our lives. You know, it's like, ah, you're my bro. Like I'm not trying to have sex with you. And so there's a level of being able to bring your full expression and you get to just dump it out, just let it out, whatever's present for you. And then it's like expressed. We're kind of emptied out. We're not holding it in full. And that goes a long way for nervous system regulation. I don't know if you've experienced that, but I imagine you have in the group to some degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just having a space to to just openly share. And it's just like after every call that we have, there's just like this big release. Yeah. Where I just kind of feel free and it's just like just like a weight off my shoulders. Yeah. yeah. And that's why like I look forward to every week having that. Like I look forward to every yeah. Wednesday for that reason, just to be able to come. And it's like sometimes I'm not really going through much you know like i'm having a good week but even when i'm having good weeks there's still something to talk about there's still there's always something to kind of work through so that's all for part one of this conversation i hope that you got something out of it and maybe gain some insights into where some of these addictions may be showing up in your own life make sure to tune into next week to part two where we cover things like meditation purpose and finding fulfillment in life and relationships. As always, thanks for tuning in. Now get out there and be your own hero. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.